This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Tom and Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. It is Tom and Bach, final half hour. Coming up, uh, the pregame within the next 15 minutes or so. Talk to Nick and Rico. Right now, we bring in Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Hi, Evan. How are you? Hey, Tom. Hey, Bach. Doing well. Thanks for, for having me on. And, and, Tom, I know this is about it uh, for your time right. there. So I just want right. to say I appreciate, uh, you know, all that you've done and your thoughts. So cool deal. I appreciate that, Evan. Uh, how was Christmas? You know, I have one of the highlights. I have an in-law game of Risk every year. And uh, played a game of Risk. Was down to my last Army and managed to rally all the way back to victory this year. <laughs> That's so it a big was deal. a pretty epic Christmas Day. That's this awesome. is a regular thing, a game of risk? And, yeah, on and, Christmas Day, every yeah. year. My uh, wow. brothers-in-law and a couple other in-laws, we, we, we battle it out. Uh, I've got, yeah. some, got a, a young nephew involved this year, and honestly, they had a chance to take me out. It didn't quite happen, and uh, Team Pink came all the way back and conquered the universe. Oh, that, that is uh, great news. When's the award ceremony for that? There... Well, I think the, the the trophy's being ordered right now, but it might not come till January. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Nothing like that. <laughs> Congratulations. World domination is enough. That's right. That. That's right. <laughs> That's the award, the world domination uh, domination part. Uh, Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Uh, when's when are we going to get a quarterback? Uh, my brother just texted me, Evan. When are we getting a quarterback? When is Casey Thompson coming? <laughs> Well, you know, I've been doing some uh, some chatting with some other folks in the transfer portal here this week for some other projects, and you know, I, I think it's become it, it's it's interesting because it's the time of year where guys who have decisions yet to make can't technically still take visits places. So, like in theory, it could happen at any time. Somebody could commit uh, sight unseen to Nebraska, like a Casey Thompson or uh, Chubba Purdy, who got that offer earlier this week. Um, but I think in a lot of cases, there's a lot of waiting going on until that dead period lifts. And then it's going to be, there's going to be the sense of urgency, right? Because these guys need to get on campus by the time, uh, the, the, the spring semester gets going in Nebraska, that's the 18th of January. And so you have just a couple more weeks, um, to make that decision to get to campus to where you can start competing in spring practice. And obviously that, would give you a, a leg up. So I think that's part of it. And then the other um, sort of thing to consider is this last wave of bowl season here over the next five or six days is going to wrap up. And so at that point, anybody left who may not have uh, 
announced their intentions or who wanted to finish out their season with their team may yet put their name out there. So there still could be some more candidates that put themselves out there. But, you know, my, my read on the situation is that sometime in the next week, you'll have a full sense of who the candidates are. And then from that point, it's going to be a, a rush to, uh, you know, for all schools, including Nebraska, to get the guys that they want committed, get them onto campus so they can enroll for the spring and then start competing. And, of course, it's interesting. We saw uh, Brock Purdy's younger brother, uh, Trevor Purdy, announced that Nebraska did indeed uh, give him an offer. And he gives you a little bit of different than what they've been looking for as far as some wheels, you know, a dual-threat type of quarterback. Do you think they're still evaluating arm first? Or, or what I mean is do you think that if they did get somewhat of a mobile quarterback that they'd still try to uh, maybe make it replicate more of what Whipple's doing than Frost? Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that goes because Mark Whipple, when he spoke with uh, with us a couple weeks ago, made a point many times of saying that they would adjust uh, their attack to the personnel that they have. And so uh, you kind of wonder, and I think this will be a storyline into the spring and, and into the fall, is what does this new offense look like where you have, on the one hand, Mark Whipple and his pro-style success, uh, and on the other hand, you have Scott Frost and his tendency and, and um, affection for you know offenses where the quarterback is asked to run and so I, I think we'll start to maybe get a clue to what that answer could be based on who they end up bringing in but I think the other thing that's interesting with Purdy is that he still has four years of eligibility left I mean he, he essentially I think has five career games of college experience all as a reserve and so he's sort of uh, an outlier from some of these other quarterbacks that Nebraska has been linked to, whether that was Miles Brennan or, or Keaton Slovis or, or Casey Thompson right now. I mean, all those guys have had experience as starters. They've been in college football for a long time. And so it would be, I, I think, a different sort of, of calculated move to go ahead and bring in a guy like Purdy, especially at Nebraska, where uh, this has become a, a must-win 2022. I mean, you don't have the luxury of letting Purdy uh, come in and adjust for a year or two before things take off. So uh, if they feel like he's the guy, obviously the bottom line is you want your guy to be effective. And if they believe that's the case, then you go ahead and pull the trigger. But if you feel a little bit more comfortable with guys who have done it before, then um, you know he would probably be somebody different from, from that, uh, from an experience point of view. Evan Blatt of the Omaha World Herald, I guess. You, med- you mentioned if you bring in Purdy, uh, maybe there's a learning curve and – it's a four-year guy, so you know you need to develop that guy. Would that mean they would also bring in another quarterback, or if they bring in Purdy, would that be it in your mind? I mean, it's it's so tough to say because you don't know who's out there, and you you don't know uh, you know what other guys would be willing to do. I mean, generally speaking, players that enter the transfer portal are doing it because they want to have a, a clearer path to playing time, and so I think it's it's a tough sell to say to Purdy and to somebody else, uh, you know, come in here and, and compete when they probably had that situation where they were anyway. I mean, they, they would have had a chance to compete at their other schools. Um, but I think that's one of what right now, that's one of Nebraska's biggest selling points is, you know, look at our roster. We have three freshman eligible quarterbacks with a, a total of uh, one one start, one career start under their belt at the college level. And so anybody with experience would come in and, and, and have a you know a good chance to compete at that point. But you bring in two guys, um, I, I just don't know. It'd be a great situation for Nebraska if they could pull it off. I think you, you know, you could you can beat that bush and and try to uh, find somebody who would be willing to do that. But I think it's tougher 
um, just by the nature of the portal um, to convince somebody to leave a situation where they were, uh, you know, a, you assume they were competing to join another situation where they can be competing and, and not have a better chance yeah. of playing time. And looking at the college football playoffs just a few days ahead, uh, what would it mean for the Big Ten if Michigan is able to beat Georgia and, and likely save everybody from an SEC rematch in the title game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. You, you look at the alternative and you think, do, do, do we really want Alabama to win again? Like, what does that do for college football fans? I don't think it does a whole heck of a lot. I mean, it's not great for the sport, in my opinion, that uh, that Alabama continues to, to win with the – frequency that they are and take down take home the Heisman trophy with the frequency that they do I mean it just kind of I think uh, turns turns a lot of people off to it. It, it it removes the excitement from a lot of the different parts of the country um, you know it's kind of funny in a way it reminds me a little bit of what Michigan baseball did at the College World Series where forever it was the southern schools you know having a party in Omaha and suddenly Michigan gets there a couple of years ago into the finals breaks through that glass ceiling and, and suddenly it generated excitement. I think the football uh, Wolverines could do something similar where it has been a long time since you felt like the, the best team was outside of the SEC. And, and Michigan is no um, blip. They're no fluke. I mean, they earned it from what they did. They looked the part. They've, they've rolled the teams that they should roll for the most part. And so, yeah, I, I think for the sport it would be um, – it would be absolutely beneficial if Michigan could win and give a different part of the country some excitement for major-level college football outside of the SEC. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He's Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. It seems like we talk more about you know Nebraska getting a quarterback than we do about the coaching staff, uh, which is yet to be. In fact, there's a few names that need to be lined up before Nebraska can really move on. You're, what's your curiosity about the staff? We know, we think that uh, Mike Dawson might be you know, taking over the defensive line and coaching linebackers. That leaves you with uh, Bill Bush theoretically being your special teams coordinator, and you go hire a big-time recruiter at running backs coach. Is that what you see? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what makes – the most sense when Tony Tuioti left for Oregon, that definitely cleared some things up where you, you now have those two spots open. And yeah, like you said, it's obvious that, that Mike Dawson has had experience coaching the defensive line. Uh, many of Nebraska's best defensive linemen these last two years were recruited by him. So uh, you could make, you could make that move and, and give Barrett Rude the majority of the linebackers, which is the case in most major college football programs. You usually don't have two uh, full-time assistants, devoted to that linebacker spot inside or outside. So that makes sense. And then, um, yeah, I mean, Bill Bush has been sort of the presumed hire there. It hasn't happened yet. Um, you kind of get the sense that it could be a couple of different things. One, waiting for the business offices to open up next week. Or two, maybe um, letting that other domino fall first with the running backs coach. And, you know, there are a couple interesting names out there. I think one that's, that's sort of been brought up a little bit uh, is Greg Knox, who's a, the interim uh, coach at Florida, who has experience both as a running backs coach and with special teams. So sometimes 
um, you know, depending on who they get to fill that spot, that might, um, you know, open up some other avenues or, or, or at least put Nebraska in a position to explore its options. So I think it's probably one of those two um, pieces that are holding up an announcement at this point. But, you know, there's still, I think, motivation for Nebraska to resolve this fairly quickly. Um, the transfer portal remains active, and getting those guys, whoever they are, on board and, and recruiting sooner than later is still an advantage. So um, I think it's been quiet for the holidays, um, but at the same time we'll probably get some resolution on that either maybe unofficially this week and then certainly officially I would expect next week. And, of course, there is a lot of interest on the offensive side of the ball for kind of the openings that they've had and the quarterback. Um, but now as we're bringing up the, the defense and who's going to take over those linebacking positions and all that, um, what do you think the chances are that the defense is on par with what it was this year uh, given the lack of personnel that they're going to have uh, compared to this year going into 2022? Well, I think maybe the best way to say it is that the culture of what Eric Chenander's group has built these last four years will be tested, right? Like it's, it, you're certainly going to lose a lot of your individual performers, three quarters of your secondary, um, you know, your, your most versatile defender in Jojo Doman, um, you know, a longtime defensive lineman like Ben Stilley and so on. But it does seem like as old as that group was last year, what it did was allowed the players behind them to really, you know, develop physically to learn the schemes um, intimately to really understand what they're doing. I mean, how many times did we hear coaches last year say Miles Farmer could have been a starter uh, at that point, and, and he would have been if not for the COVID year. So I think, um, you know, and it, it's it's normal for us to sort of look at major turnover like that and think, whoa, there's going to be a big learning curve. But I just I wonder if the COVID year uh, is going to soften that blow a little bit for Nebraska, where you can just bring in a guy like Miles Farmer, or, uh, you know, I think the linebackers are back at what they are, but it just feels like they, they have the depth there, the understanding there that maybe it's not going to be as rocky as we would maybe think that it would be. But, you know, you, you pair that then with what the offense is going through, which is a major renovation at, at most of its positions. Um, it, I don't know that it's fair to put sort of the – the anchor label on the defense, the way that it was this year, where the, where the defense sort of kind of had to had to carry the show. Um, I don't know if it's going to be able to do that to the extent that this this previous group did, but I also don't think uh, that it's going to be the total reset that maybe again you'd be tempted to think it was when you see so many guys moving on. Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald covers Nebraska football, Nebraska football recruiting, baseball. For the Omaha World Herald, Nebraska signed a class in football this year of 14, maybe one more than we thought. The rest of the focus, maybe even in February, is still the portal, right? Or did they go after high school kids still? Well, they they are still in on a handful of, of high school guys. Um, you know, Trevante Citizen was a guy, uh, a highly rated running back, who I think they're technically still in on. A, a lot of that's going to come down to will they, who, who's going to who will they get official visits from in January? And so, uh, you know, the, the high schoolers that have the chance, they'll have all of January to make visits if they want to, and then they can, of course, sign that first Wednesday in February. The, the portal window is a little bit tighter when you're talking about getting guys on campus for this spring. So you'll, you'll essentially have that January, I think, 13th weekend, and then ideally you get guys enrolled in classes um, by the 18th. And I think you could – 
you can uh, enroll as late as like that Friday or, or the next Monday or something like that. So you have until essentially mid-January with the portal guys uh, too. And it's just sort of, <laughs> they have a lot of irons on the fire still. I think they have a guy, uh, Jared Verse, who's a defensive end from Albany. They're still in on um, an offensive lineman, Hunter Anthony from Oklahoma State. Uh, so, you know, there, there are a handful of guys, and I would imagine that there'll be some guys that'll pop up that maybe aren't on our, uh, or, you know, at least on the public radar at this point either. Um, but yeah, t- time is kind of running out here, and, and Nebraska, by my count, is currently above its scholarship limit. So if you're going to continue to add guys, you would also need to see some attrition in, in terms of other guys moving on. So we'll probably see a little bit of activity. In the next few weeks, Nebraska continues to manage its roster numbers. And, of course, uh, the other day the football world lost an icon in John Madden. When you when you hear that name, uh, what kind of images and, and memories come to mind? Yeah, I was kind of going down a rabbit hole with John Madden stuff last night, looking back at some of his calls and uh, reading a few pieces. I didn't know uh, until today that he was essentially responsible for the yellow line that we see during football broadcasts that, that indicate the first down. That was his um, suggestion during a production meeting in the mid-90s, apparently. Yeah. He said, we need to have that first down line on the field. We can draw on the screen. Why can't we have that that line on there? And so that was the reason he was uh, – that's what we see today is because of him. And I think the other little vignette I saw was that he – was the reason that um, broadcasters were able to go see practices and, and, and talk to players and coaches directly leading up to games as opposed to kind of going through PR people and uh, learning about things secondhand. So I thought, you know, that was cool. And then personally, I mean, I, I played the Madden games. I heard the, you know, the past summer all John Madden commentary. And, uh, yeah, you know, those voices sort of are the NFL to me, like when I think of, a game being broadcast at the highest level, it would be those guys. So he he made it relatable for everyone. Um, you know, the, the boom, tough act, tough actings and acting commercials from the '90s. Those kind of came back to me a little bit too. But uh, absolutely an icon, and um, you know, I hadn't thought about him in a while. But uh, you know, you start reading some of the some of the um, eulogies or whatever you want to call them about him, and it's it's pretty amazing the impact that he's left on football and the NFL. And the players themselves. I mean, Brett Favre talking about it uh, yesterday, that they would do these production meetings. He would go in the locker room and talk to Favre, and they'd never talk football. <laughs> it was like, mm. I mean, and Steve Young coming on, you know, the cruiser. Uh, it, was, it was a chance for him to just relax and hang out with John Madden. Uh, it was just, he was just a one-of-a-kind guy that um, – I mean, you can't recreate those in the studio. He's just, he's, uh, he's the best in my mind. Good stuff. Uh, appreciate it, Evan. It's been great getting to know you over the last few years. It's been a pleasure, Tom. Best of luck with what's next. Yep, yeah, definitely. Uh, there you go. Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Thanks for the time. Uh, let's get to break. Finish out with pregame next. You're listening to Tom and Bach. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.